0: Well, good morning, Brian. How are you today? Everybody good? It's good to hear. I'm glad that's the case, even if it's an expression of faith. <laughs> uh, several things we've got going today, and just to let you know at the start, we're going to give you an opportunity later in the service for you to respond. And I don't know if we can throw that slide up there now. Could we, do we have that available? So later, I'm going to ask you to respond this way, just so you know what's coming. Use me to 77412, 77412, and we will um, give you an opportunity to get involved in some tangible ways in um, responding here at uh, Berean. So keep that in mind. We'll come back to that. Next Sunday is our Mission Sunday. It's a missions emphasis, and I want you to look around in the chair pockets. How many of you see a card like this? This is the key to keeping missionaries on the field. Your giving helps missionaries do what God's called them to do. We'll be collecting those next week, but I wanted to give you a chance to pray. I believe that everybody who believes in the Great Commission ought to give the missions. Amen. But I believe everyone who gives the missions should already be a tither. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So keep that in mind for next week. We'll be talking about that and give you a chance to give. You know what I've discovered about missions is it's easy to give to a project, but we need to give to budgets that help people stay on the field. And this is uh, Halloween month, trick-or-treat month, and I just wanna make a couple comments. If you don't participate in trick-or-treat month, trick-or-treat night, beggar's night, whatever it's called, I respect your decision to do that. But also think it's an opportunity for you to be of ministry to the neighborhood. And we've called it Glow in the Dark to get a place where families can join together and have fun and it just not be a night of gathering candy. And so we've done this now for several years. And if you want to be part of um, Glow in the Dark, you can sign up online. You can fill out a Connect card and put your information there, right, Glow in the Dark. Here's what we're doing this year. We will have a packet of information for you, and then let you be creative. But for every glow-in-the-dark location, which is a gathering of family and games and activities on Beggar's Night, that mentions Berean Church in some fashion, because we want the community to know we're trying to do something to bless the community, we will give you a $100 gift card to help you with your expenses for that night if you'll let people know that we're all doing this together as part of Berean Church. So please keep that in mind. We'd love to have you Um, participate. We also are recognizing members, and if you want to know how Berean Church operates, you need to sign up for Launchpad. Launchpad is more than a membership class. It's an opportunity for you to know what we believe, what we do, what we're all about, and um, you will also have the opportunity to join the church. We'll be recognizing them in person, second service, but I want you to meet Josh and Katie Kimmel, and they are our newest members as uh, that's not them. <laughs> I tell you what, Michael get his picture up there any way he can. <laughs> so we will work on having that later. That's them right there. That's so give give them a hand. oh there we go. Give them a welcome, Josh and Katie Kimmel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, picking on Mike, he's not even back there, so he can't take the blame for that one. All right, let's move on. Um, how many of you have ever well, let me ask this, how many of you are sports fans? How many of you ever talked to the television while you're watching a game? I've seen the doll that comes in the form of a referee or an umpire, depending on the sport. And that doll has Velcro head, arms, and legs, so you can rip the officials apart and throw them at the TV. (laughs) But there's a song that I came across that's been around since 1985. It's called Center Field. And it's probably the second most popular song in baseball right after Take Me Out to the Ball Game. And I want you to listen to the words of the song because really the theme that I want us to follow this morning center field, put me in coach. On, give it up for baseball. Put me in coach, I'm ready to play the game. It's an interesting song. It was written in 1985 by John Fogarty, and he was a sports fan, and he... Um, just recognized how often during a game he would yell at the television screen when the teams were messing up, put me in coach, I'm ready to play the game. And then wrote a song about it. That song became so popular. Um, In 2010, Fogarty became the only musician to be celebrated at the Hall of Fame induction ceremony when center field was honored by the National Baseball Hall of Fame. Put me in coach was the theme of that song. And I thought, really, that's, that's what ought to be on our hearts as Christ followers. Put me in, coach. I'm ready to play the game. Come on, don't look at me like I just blasphemed or something with baseball. <laughs> By the way, go twins, but that's a whole other conversation. Put me in, coach. I'm ready to play the game that we should not wanna just be watching what God does in his kingdom. How many of you believe we ought to be participators in what God's doing in his kingdom? First week of the Jesus Use Me series, we talked about Ed Stilly's story, and from Ephesians 4, that your ministry will build, unify, and mature the body of Christ. Then we talked about David serving his generation by the will of God, and last week, it's time to take inventory. What's in your hand? What's in your heart? What's in your home? And then at that point, it's time to say, put me in, coach. Elbow your neighbor and tell them to wake up. This is good stuff. Put me in coach. I'm ready to play the game. Isaiah had that kind of moment. In Isaiah chapter 6, and we'll be there for a bit this morning, want you to look at that with me in Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah heard a voice, the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And he said, here am I, send me. Oh, what a day it would be among the people of God if we would gather together and everyone were to say, God, here I am, send me, give me a job. At the end of the message, we're gonna highlight some areas that are in need where you can serve and talk about that a bit. But I want you to get the foundational premise before we get to that point. And number one, I want us to understand that service, serving God's service, is part of God's divine order. It's part of God's divine order. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up, seated on the throne, the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were the seraphs, each with six wings. With two, they covered their face. With two, they covered their feet. And with two, they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. We're not just gonna be in heaven Um, sitting and celebrating, there'll be areas for us to serve God as the seraphs are doing now. They are there now in service of God, worshiping and giving him praise. In fact, we're told to pray in Matthew chapter 6, verse 10. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That what we do here should reflect what's happening there. How many are hearing me this morning? That his will is being done in heaven. It is being carried out in heaven. It's part of the divine order and it needs to be carried out on earth. And at the end of the apocalyptic revelation that God gives to John the Revelator, we read these words. And this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, language, standing before the throne in front of the Lamb. And they were wearing white robes, holding palm branches in their hands. They cried with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Then one of the elders asked me, Um, These in white robes, who are they and where did they come from? And he said, these are they who have come out of great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they're before the throne of God. Now, I read all of that, that glory and majesty and power there before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. If you want to go to heaven, you need to understand you'll be serving in heaven. And if his will is going to be done on earth as it is in heaven, there needs to be some capacity in which you're serving him now. I'm not suggesting you that suggesting to you that all of your service has to be done within the walls of the church. Not at all would I say that. But I'm saying to you, there have to be servants within the walls of the church if we're gonna be the lighthouse that God wants us to be and touch the nations as well as our community. Do you know that today, statistically, the number one place still today where men and women make commitments of their life to Christ is in a public worship service where they surrender their lives that means everything that's done needs to be done in a way that attracts people to the cross and for that to happen there have to be people who serve it's the fabric of heaven Service is also God's plan for us today. Psalm 100, verse two, serve the Lord with gladness. In Deuteronomy chapter 10, now, O Israel, what does the Lord your God ask of you but to fear the Lord, walk in his ways, love him, and serve him? Let me read that to you again. Deuteronomy calls us to service. What does the Lord your God ask of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, to love him, and to serve him? Then in Hebrews chapter nine. How much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our conscience from acts that lead to death so that we may, why do we have the freedom that cleanses us, that makes us new, that removes our guilt? It's so that we may serve the living God. Are you getting the theme this morning? It's in the fabric of heaven, and it's God's plan for eternity that I just read to you in Revelation. We will be serving him Forever service isn't something that you're recruited to do from church administration service is something that is part of the divine order God intends for you to have the experience of the new birth and regeneration and then he expects you to do something. Second, service is a response to divine revelation. Do you know what happens in Isaiah chapter six? In the year that King Uzziah died, Isaiah has a revelation, a vision of the Lord high and lifted up. And the Bible says in verse four, at the sound of the voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. I would love to see that kind of manifestation of God's presence today. It happened in the New Testament. When they prayed, the place shook where they were gathered together. What if that were to happen today? A manifestation of God so magnificent that you could feel the place tremble and the glory cloud of God would move into a room in a visible manifestation of his glory. What was Isaiah's response? Woe to me, I'm ruined from a man (coughs) of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips and my eyes have seen the king, the Lord Almighty. See, here's what you have to understand. A revelation of the glory of God will not exalt you. (laughs) Your first response will not be to write a book and to travel on the circuit telling of your revelation. When you are in the presence of God's glory, it will reveal to you your brokenness and your need of divine empowering and intervention to change your life. Watch this now. He sees the glory of God and his first response is, I need divine cleansing. The Bible says then that one of the seraphs flew with a live coal, which was taken from the altar. He touched Isaiah's mouth and said, see, this has touched your lips and your guilt is taken away. Your sin is atoned for. Watch now, the glory of God appears. The paradigm is this, the glory of God appears. He recognizes that he needs the cleansing power of God in his life and the cleansing power of God comes to change him. He calls on that. So what happens when you see God's glory, your sinfulness is revealed and you experience regeneration, cleansing, all of that made new. What happens next? there's a call from God who will go for us. (laughs) And the response, (sighs) I gotta be careful I say this. The response of the redeemed is, here I am, send me. The response of the redeemed is never, I'll get back to you. The (laughs) response, No, I'm having fun. You look like you're in misery, but I'm having fun. The response of the redeemed is never, let me pray about that. Do you know that is the Christian procrastination card? It's a statement of indecision. I don't want to respond, so I'm going to be spiritual. Let me pray about it. When he was in the presence of God, sinfulness is revealed. He experienced cleansing. That heart leaps and says, God, let me give something back. Let me serve you. Let me be an obedient, fruitful servant of yours. Isaiah's response was not based on his altruism. Isaiah's response was based on the revelation of God. He didn't say, oh God, I want to do something for you because I have so much to offer. He wanted to respond to God because he'd heard a call from God, the God who had cleansed him and made him new. Come on, somebody help me this morning. This is good stuff. When you're in the presence of God himself and you're made new, there is something in you that wants To serve, so I would suggest to you that if you don't want to serve, you've not been made new. Hello, you've not been made new because not being made new means we live for us, we live for self, we want what makes our life easier. But how could you not want to serve Him? When the load of guilt has rolled off your back, when hope for tomorrow has become your possession and the promise of eternity is in your hand, how can you not want to serve him? Humbled, not elevated, Isaiah says, who will go? God's revelation comes to initiate a response. It comes to initiate a response. Service is part of the divine order. Service is a response to divine revelation. And third, service is initiated with a divine calling. And I do believe that's important. What does God want you to do? But I will tell you that that's also another procrastination. Technique. People will say, well, I haven't heard from God. I haven't heard what he wants from me. I I don't know what he wants me to do. I'm waiting for him to tell me something. Let me tell you the best way to find out. Do something. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this, a world, but be transferred by the renewing of your mind. What happens after the renewing of your mind that you may be able to prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God? His calling sometimes comes in general revelation, sometimes in a specific word, and other times by simply directing your steps. Now watch, two stories quickly. I was a young man, went to a fellowship meeting. We used to have fellowship meetings. We'd meet in the afternoon, have a meal, and an evening service. And in the afternoon, there was a speaker who used a chalkboard, do you remember that? It's like green, and there was this white stick that you would write with, with an eraser that would leave dust everywhere. When I was in second grade, I loved getting the assignment to go clean the erasers. Anybody get to do that? Go outside and beat him. We got to beat him on the building. It was so cool. So I rolled out that big chalkboard and he's drawing some stuff and does his story and it's right in front of where he's gonna preach and he gets done and he said, now let's go to the word and he goes to pray and when he goes to pray, I thought that's in the way. So I just went over and rolled it off to the side thinking I'll bring it back if he needs it. Didn't think anything about it. Rolled it so when no one's looking, sat down. Afterwards, he came to me. And he said, I want you to know that if you'll keep doing what you did today, you will never lack for ministry opportunities. And I thought, moving chalkboards (laughs) wasn't on my list. I said, I don't understand. He said, ministry is about looking for a need and filling it. If you see a need, it may be that God wants you to fill it. So, the next time you come to me and say, Pastor, why aren't we doing this? I'm going to say, why aren't you? If you saw it, maybe you should be doing it. Now, I may also say, thank you, we will find someone. Uh, (laughs) Just because you see it. Anyway. I interviewed my pastor when he was celebrating 50 years of ministry. And I said, and all the years I've known him, I I didn't know this. I said, tell me about being called to ministry. And he said, he'd been a faithful pastor, presbyter, served in so many capacities. He said, I I didn't ever have a ministry call. That was like, (coughs) that was like blasphemy you can't go into ministry without a calling. I said, what does that even mean? He said, I just like to hang out with preachers and I'd go along and help them volunteer to do whatever they needed. And then one day someone asked me to preach at a youth rally I did, and that opened some doors. And then someone said, there's a church that needs to be pastored. Would you be interested? And there was a need, so I did that. And my whole calling has been walking through the doors that God opened for me. That's a calling. So if you're waiting to be king of the hill, maybe you need to mow the grass at the base of the hill. Maybe there's somewhere else for you to serve, but it will come with a divine motivation that says, who will go for us? Who will serve? And with that, there will be an opportunity for you to respond. Not forced, but to choose. So I'm gonna ask Angela Thomas, Ron Blair, Kevin Umfris, and Nathan Thomas to join me on the platform because I know you right now, this has been so powerful that you're saying, pastor, please tell us how we can serve because we're just so excited. Yes. I, guess I get everybody's All right, where's Ron? Ron's hiding. I knew he would do this. So I've given each of them two minutes to share, two minutes to share. <laughs> Let me get this out of your way. To share what your ministry is and where the need is.
1: Um, My name is Angela Thomas, and I am the Promise Land coordinator, which is birth through pre-K. And one thing I want to make very clear here at Berean is that in Promise Land, we aren't just babysitting. Right. Um, We are very intentional with our ministry to kids, and um, Barner Research Group says that by age eight, most children have already decided what they believe to be true about God. And that is not very much time for us to make an impact and a difference in their lives. And it looks really different in promised land than it does in here and even in filling station or up in BSC because ministry to kids isn't, you are a sinner, you need a savior. They don't understand that. But what they do understand is let's pat the Bible. This is the Bible. Jesus created the world. Jesus loves you. He made you. And a lot of it is relational. And we need people that are passionate about being intentional with kids. I don't want people to feel guilty that we're short-handed and just jump in. I want people that want to serve and want to make a difference. And we currently have four classrooms in Promised Land, and we need 15 volunteers for first service 15 volunteers for second, and 12 on Wednesday nights for us to do our, our purposeful ministry well. And we can um, do with less, but then we're kind of in survival mode. And so, for example, in our twos class, we need one to teach. We need one to help with bathrooms and diapers, and we need one to be crowd control so that we can keep them all safe. And if we only have two, which one do we give up? We can't do it all at the same time. So we need people. So we want to not only survive, we want to thrive. We want to be our best and we want to be excellent. And so we have some specific needs right now that include classroom teachers, classroom volunteers. We need emergency backups that can step in very last minute and fill in. I had four teachers call in in the last 16 hours that couldn't make it. And that kind of puts us in scramble mode. We need one-on-one child helpers that can help with maybe some special-need kiddos or some kids that just maybe need a little extra attention. We need someone to help with curriculum prep, copies, getting stuff cut out, getting things ready. Um, Christmas program help, that would be great. And that would free up some other people to do some different things as well. And so there's lots of areas. We're looking for someone to do our baby Sunday school during first service Pastor Bill does second, but he can't be everywhere at once. So we need people to step up and to join our team. And I guarantee that you will be blessed in the process.
0: Great. Give Angela a hand. We care about children at Berean Church. And this is not babysitting, though I will tell you, I'd rather have them being trained than screaming in here. Think about your place.
2: So I'm Pastor Nathan Thomas. I'm the worship arts pastor here at Berean and we have such a phenomenal team here. We have amazing musicians. Um, So many behind the scenes things that you guys don't even realize when you walk into this building, how the lights get turned on, how the stage looks, how the LED wall is going, how the sound, everything. There's a lot of behind the scenes. And I'm so blessed and thankful that we have people that can do that. The musicians that play, the singers that play. And we have been an amazing resource for even other churches, which I'm so blessed that we um, can do. However, we have needs here as well. Um, in the last uh, month, we've lost two electric guitar players. So if you notice, we have no electric guitar player on the, on the, on the stage. Um, We need people for cameras, we need people for audio, for video, for lighting, for online streaming, for uh, production. There's so many things that happen and we're running short and we have a phenomenal resource to be able to stream and to be a resource for other churches. And if you have any interest in serving, if you play an instrument, Men, I need men that can sing. I'm so blessed for the the ladies that can sing. We need anybody, but I would love to have some more men on this platform. And I think that shows amazing uh, strength on our team as well. And if you sing, if you play an instrument, if you think, yeah, I could run a camera or I can be in the back and hit a button or I can hit lights or whatever. Please see me or Stacy Webb and come come to me and say, yeah, I would love to be a part of doing that. I play an instrument, I maybe electric guitar or whatever. Uh, come to me and let's let's get together. But we are we're needing people to uh, make our worship experience even better to glorify God. So thank you for much so much for hearing my heart.
3: I'm Pastor Kevin. Pastor Community Engagement and Young Adults, and I also oversee the Connect Groups, and that's what I really want to talk about today. We serve a God uh, that is relational and a personal God, and in order to in order to uh, really minister to each other, we need to get small in order to do a big job, and that's what we're doing. When we when uh, COVID finally broke and we started Connect Groups again, we've really launched with a whole new um, idea and that is to to not only do discipleship but build relationships and also uh, make an impact on our community and those are three things that happen during connect groups but connect groups only can happen if we have connect group leaders and connect group homes and those are things we're <coughs> always looking for we do connect groups only for six weeks um, three different times in the year we're, we're currently just opening uh, connect groups we have 11 uh, 12 we have 12. Uh, this quarter, we need double that in order to hit the number that we want to see. A lot of people say, "You know, I live out too far." Those are the those are the homes that we really want right now. We have a number of families, especially those that are older um, or those that are just really busy with their kids, that live out of ways that can't drive, take the whole drive all the way back into Des Moines uh, during the during the midweek. So we're looking for homes all over our area and beyond. In order to reach more people uh, great things are happening um, the the DNA of BRIN is changing through connect groups and um, it is making a difference in the communities that connect groups are in uh, we help in schools we help uh, with parks we help with all different types of other ministries in the community and I all the time are out, out in Pleasant Hill And people are saying different things. I've got the fire department, police department have thanked us for things we're doing. And it's all because of connect groups. We also have people that are coming that are new, that want to know people. This is a big church. And the only way we can really reach people effectively is if we get small. And so we are looking for connect group leaders and host homes. Um, Please contact us and uh, we'll get you set up.
0: All right, come up here, Ron. I told him he wouldn't have to say anything, but I wanted you to see this handsome, I wanted you to see this handsome young man. So give Ron a hand. We call Ron more than a janitor because he does all kinds of things around here, praying for people and caring for people. But Ron coordinates hospitality. What is the hospitality team? It's coffee. How many of you had coffee this morning? Oh, come on. I know more More of it's got drank than that. So um, coffee, greeting as you come in, greeting at the doors are two of the primary areas, and we're always short on that. I was skeptical in previous pastorate when we first added coffee to the lobby. I thought, come on, people, you can get by without a cup of coffee for a, a little bit of time. But a college student walked in the door, and at that Time we were making it in the lobby of this church. It was the only space we had. And so the whole lobby was filled with a smell of fresh coffee. First time to come, a lot of guts to come into a church for the first time. She walked in the door and said, "Ah, I'm home. (laughs) Because it's that first greeting that makes a difference. I'm convinced based on studies and observation that people decide in the last five minutes of their experience leaving the church, whether they'll come back. But they're deciding in the first five minutes, the first five minutes, whether they're even gonna stay. They may turn, I've seen them, turn and walk out the door. What makes the difference? The hospitality team. And there are a number of areas there to serve. So give them all a big hand, would you do that? Thank you. There's one last area that I want to talk to you about and that's New Life Center. We need some help at New Life Center. Now let me make it really clear. If you're serving here at Berean, I don't want you transferring that to New Life Center. We have we need everyone who's serving here to continue serving here. We need you on this team. God's called you, put you in a place we need you to serve. But you might be in a place where you're not currently serving and would like an opportunity to serve. And New Life Center right now is on bare bones. And so if you're not currently in a ministry role or leadership role of any sort, would you think about investing for a year 12 months of your time at New Life Center to help get that off the ground. Now, what does that mean? It means I will meet with you, those that are interested in that, and talk about what those opportunities to serve are. So let's get the volunteer slide back up, if we can do that. If you want to be involved. (laughs) Let's get all the glitches done in one Sunday here. Text the word "use me" to seven seven four one one. Use me to seven seven four one one. Not one two that was up earlier. Use me to seven seven four one one. That will let us know that something this morning touched your heart, and we will be in touch with you. What those next steps are? You say, "Well, I don't text." There's an orange card in front of you, a connect card. Put your contact information on there. And if you just write, use me, we'll know to get back with you with information as well. Does that make sense? Because we want to invest in the kingdom of God. Are there other opportunities? All year long, there are opportunities. We calculated at one point when you, all of the individual serving spots, as well as the recurring serving spots, that there's over 600 opportunities that we have to fill with volunteers in a 12 month period of time. We need everyone to serve. So I'm asking you, rather than getting a Pastor Gary doll where the arms and head rips off, and rather than yelling at the monitor and those of you that are watching online, we'd love to have you engage as well. Are you ready to say, put me in coach? I'm ready to play the game. Are you ready to say, here am I, Lord, send me? Because the thrust of all of this is, there's ministry to do. And I wanna remind you of the journey we've been on this morning. It's part of the divine order. Service is a response to a divine revelation, and service is a divine calling. We need help, and we need servants. People are willing to serve. And I think the greatest thing we could do is let the Spirit of God speak to our hearts. Could we stand together this morning and take time to just give him praise and let him speak. And let me say one more thing. I do appreciate our tech team and all they do and everything that happens and glitches are gonna happen because all of us are gonna make mistakes. But I, I'm thankful there are people back there with dedication and, in, and uh, integrity and excellence, and they do a great job. Give them a hand this morning. We'll do that. We need people who will serve. Let's worship the Lord together.
4: I'm so honored. But still you love to
0: do something a little odd but our theme for four weeks has been Jesus use me and I hope this will be our prayer so I want to read a stanza of the chorus and I want you to repeat it after me as your prayer you say what if I don't mean it then just repent right now (laughs) get your heart right right now but out loud after me just repeat the song Jesus, use, me. Jesus, use me. Oh, Lord, don't me. Oh Lord, don't refuse me. Surely there's a work, there's a work. That, I that I can do. Even though it's humble, though it's humble help, my will to help my will to crumble. Though the cost be great, cost be great. I will work for, you. I work for you. We will build the kingdom amen 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 god bless you make sure you text to 77411 use me fill out a card and let's see what the next level of divine outpouring will be when god's people serve amen god bless you